the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I do not know why we're not streaming me instead of Ken's out here. <laughs> but uh, I will figure it out, and uh, we'll see if we can get it to change sometime during during the show. It's, uh, since you can't see me, I can look around and, and walk and talk in the studio here, and we'll get it. But well, I can describe you. Let's see, you're wearing a peach shirt. Your, uh, your makeup is perfect. The glasses look good. The home, uh, the, uh, home uh, went through the hair okay today. Yeah, you're looking fine. You got a nice coloring to you. Got this oh, bizarre God. Star Wars thing behind you and on your screen. So, yeah, you're fine. You're good. You're good, Doc. Oh, well, I hope so, Ken. I look good to me. <laughs> I'm looking at me, and you, you just wouldn't believe how handsome I am on, on camera, but I know it's it's amazing. The women just they're lined up just to come they're in and get a, up. just to get a glimpse of you. Had some old guy come in and want to join the practice this week, and and basically he wanted to meet me. He was so thrilled and <laughs> really? he wanted to talk to me, and uh, he he wanted to know about you. And I said, oh, he's just he's just old and ugly. You know <laughs> well, you told him the truth. Come on, Doc. <laughs> no, I said he. Oh yeah, he's a good looking guy. There he's you go. And he weighs two twenty and. That's why I love radio. That's why I don't like to be on television because you form that picture of the person talking in your mind. And unfortunately, yeah. we can never live up to that picture. So it's always a disappointment when they finally made it meet us. Especially the big rock and roll guys. So you can yeah. never we reality can never compete with your imagination. No, you can't. And uh, it's a great thing, too. I mean, it, that's the whole nut of, of show business is uh, that ability to suspend disbelief and to put yourself into a semi-fantasy world, you know? Yeah, theater of the mind, right. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate, I was looking at uh, NPR, and they had an article on this kid up in in Illinois that shot up uh, – a bunch of people on, on Independence Day in 2022. I guess you know about that because you're from up there. Yeah, I actually kind of still work up there a little bit online. But, yeah, it's a very big story at the moment. Seven dead and 48 wounded. And so the Illinois Supreme Court uh, uh, banned AR-15s, and the federal district court said they'll uphold that. And then uh, a, a gun group took it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court refused to hear it, which means it, it stands uh, but the uh, the thing that's got me upset is that uh, the NPR said that it was a semi-automatic AR-15. Well, the kid got off 83 rounds in under a minute. So that's no semi-automatic. That's fully automatic, it, isn't it? Yeah, the AR-15s, yeah. the uh, military AR-15s, uh, what they did to cut down on the number of shells but still give you an automatic weapon is you have to pull the trigger uh, – and it fires three shells, and then you have to pull the trigger again. So you could get off that many uh, shots in a minute with with that kind of a weapon, but it's not. That's not a semi-automatic. That's an automatic weapon. So a little bit deceptive here in this uh, 
NPR piece, but that's no the kidding. Way, that's the way the, the Democrats do it. NPR, not being totally honest. Oh my God, unheard of. And by the way, you know, during the uh, during the news, we heard about how the kids are losing their religion when they go to college, which is probably not anything new. But uh, somebody did a survey. And of college professors and whether they were Democrats or Republicans and the the professors who are teaching religion, 70 to 1 Democrats. Really? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And, I mean, it, you know, it's it's unbelievable. You know, it's 20 to 1 in this in sociology and and 30 to 1 in another uh, another arts major and – so there's just no way you're going to get a, a balanced uh, view when you go to college. So you and buy I mean, a philosophy now when you pay for college. And this was the whole takeover thing that that the left had planned back in the 60s and 70s. I mean, this is this is what they wanted. They want uh, a socio-fascist country. That's what they want, and they want to be in control. And they don't want religion because religion, especially religions like Catholicism, preached against communism, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's uh, that's quite disturbing, but I don't. I guess there's not much you can do about it at this point, other than bring it to the attention of people. However, the the alumni and the big donors are going after these these uh, university presidents and CEOs and board members who have been anti-Israel and pro-Palestine and and allowing uh, hate speech on campus. Now, if, if if you were to go on campus and say, kill all blacks or kill all uh, Muslims, then, then you'd be arrested. But if you say, go kill all Jews, that's okay. I don't know why I can't. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't get it either. It doesn't make any sense. And they're going to lose their jobs. They're already falling. I mean, they're already falling. What's that? What was her name from last week we were talking about her? She resigned because of the pressure. Yeah, from UPenn. Yeah. yeah. So it, they're, gonna, they're all going to fall. We hope You've so. You've got to have balance. In an educational system, you got to have it. And you otherwise, to, you're just teaching. Yeah, otherwise, it's just Nazi stuff, you know. And if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, thump free speech, then you got to allow free speech. You can't just pick and choose what you like and don't like. Exactly. Can't have it no, both ways. You cannot. You cannot fry ice. <laughs> That's you right. Can, you cannot fry ice. You can fry ice cream. But I think you have to put it in something, don't you? I probably wouldn't want it afterwards, but, you know. <laughs> and the pan's awfully hot. Yeah. <laughs> so don't drink it right out of the pan. <laughs> so at any rate, I was talking with my next-door neighbor, and she's got uh, trigeminal neuralgia. What is that? Name. It's it, The old name was Tic de la Rue. It is the trigeminal nerve is the nerve that uh, brings sensory innervation to the face, and it comes out of the pons, which is uh, at the base of the brain, and then it comes underneath the skull and behind the ear, and uh, then it fans out into the face itself, and it gives you sen- uh, sensory, you know, sensation, feeling in your face. There's not much motor uh, neuron in it. Now, the the problem with this syndrome is that these nerves uh, are they're sheathed. So if you think of uh, a piece of copper wire that's bare, that's not sheathed. But if you think of your your uh, extension cord with that uh, plastic, flexible, rubber-like uh, uh, sheath over it, that's, that's sheathed. So 
nerve cells have a fatty sheath around them. Not all nerve cells, but some nerve cells do. And uh, and so when you lose that, then you have uh, impulses jumping from one nerve to another sideways instead of going straight in and out, if you understand me. Yeah, you're, like, you're, it's like a wiring diagram. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a, a short in the in the electrical system, and that causes pain in the distribution of those nerves, and you get these uh, lancinating, uh, burning pains in your face, and uh, it can be triggered by chewing, talking, smiling, drinking hot or cold fluids, uh, touching, shaving, brushing your teeth, uh, blowing your nose. Entering cold air from from a, a, an automobile or going outside from a hot to a cold area, and patients can localize their pain precisely. They know exactly where it is, and it runs right along the distribution of these nerves. And there's uh, three branches of the facial nerve, and uh, so you can actually pinpoint which branch is most effective. Um, and uh, it, it's a really a troublesome thing. It can last from minutes to hours to becoming a chronic problem. And uh, it's usually paroxysmal, you know, it comes in spasms, uh, commences with a sensation of an electrical shock, uh, and peaks in about 20 seconds, and then can become a dull pain, but it can be a really disabling uh, situation. Now, I guess there's about 40 to 50,000 people that have this actively in the United States. So it's, it's not common, but it's not uncommon either. Uh, we do have some treatments for it, and uh, unlike uh, migraine headaches, it doesn't occur in your sleep. So uh, if you have migraines that are triggered by uh, facial nerve pain or by uh, posterior occipital nerve pain or posterior auricular nerve pain, and those are sensory nerves that not only take care of your face, but your scalp and your and behind your ears and, and different parts. Uh, it's different because you can wake up with a migraine, but you usually do not wake up with trigeminal neuralgia pain. <clears throat> so uh, it, it's it's a tough thing and it's hard to treat. We do have uh, medication that we use, uh, which is an anti seizure medication, and we can add another one to that. So there, there is ways to manage, there are ways to manage it. Now, there's also neurosurgical techniques that can be used because uh, we think some of these are caused by blood vessels in the brain crossing over the, the nerve itself before it exits the skull and goes out towards the face. And that this compression uh, actually makes the nerve cells lose their, their sheathing, their their fatty sheathing, their myelin sheathing. We call it myelin. And uh, there's also radiation therapy. And, and I wish I could show it behind me here, but you can see it, Ken. That's a, that's a gamut knife. So you localize the spot in the brain that you want to zap. And this machine pinpoints gamma radiation using radioactive cobalt. And it, it it filters it down these tubes and it gets to like a pinpoint so you can make it like a knife, like a hot knife, and you can go in and burn out certain areas. You can also open up the skull, but that's kind of a... That's extreme, I would think, yes. In this day and age, I don't think you need to do that. But about 75% of people respond to the uh, medications and the drugs that we use. And uh, <clears throat> we use um, 
gabapentin, and we also use uh, uh, lamotrigine and baclofen. Baclofen is an antispasmodic, but it seems to help. Gabapentin has been the most effective, and you can always add a second medication. Of course, like any medication, there's potential side effects, uh, so you just have to make sure your doctor is performing all the right lab work on you and uh, taking care of you in a way that is appropriate for the medication that he, has put, he, that he or she has put you on. And they've actually biopsied, uh, um, I hope not from anybody living, but they, <laughs> yeah. they biopsied. Not without permission. You got to ask yeah, first. I mean, he was asleep, so I figured it was okay. Um, but <laughs> They've actually biopsied the trigeminal nerve, and they can see that the myelin sheathing is is uh, degrading, and so it, it's it's pretty fascinating syndrome. Call Mr. And Sparky, get some very very dis- new wiring, debilitating, and and drives you nuts. Of course, you can get you can get gabapentin, and then you can tell your doctor it's still hurting, and then you can get some good dope, and you know sit around the house and martinis and pop pills. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a cool-looking machine behind you. Yeah. So. I wish I could figure out how to get it showing on. <laughs> it has, like, about 30 very narrow tubes coming out of it, and they're each on the person. The uh, There's a patient in the in the chamber, and they're each in a specific spot on his head. And I guess they're aiming for those spots when they when they fire off through whatever they're firing off. Yeah. So that's just so, the layman's, layman's perspective there. Perspective. You all right, Doc? Right, Doc? Yeah. I'm getting an echo now. You're getting an echo? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Let me see. I clicked <laughs> something. Yeah, your microphone's yeah, your kind of off. off. Would you like to take a little break, Doc? Yeah. We can go about 10 minutes early if you want. All right. I'll, I'll reboot, and I'll send you a link. We'll okay. be right back, okay. folks. Play a little music. We'll take care of you. Take care of you. All right, buddy.
Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The British and American military say a U.S. warship has shot down 14 suspected attack drones over the Red Sea and a Royal Navy destroyer downed another drone that was targeting commercial ships. Houthi rebels in Yemen have launched a series of attacks on vessels in the Red Sea. That body of water is one of the world's busiest shipping routes. The Houthis have launched drones and missiles targeting Israel as the Hamas war continues. Activision Blizzard has agreed to pay $54 million to settle discrimination claims brought by California's Civil Rights Agency on behalf of women employed by the video game maker. The California Civil Rights Department says the settlement resolves allegations that the maker of Call of Duty, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, and other games, quote, discriminated against women all across the company. This is SRN News. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com, 93.7 FM, W229DJ Denny, by downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years' experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. With a coastal flood warning early this morning, high surf advisory till 7 a.m. Monday, wind advisory till 10 a.m., and a high rip current risk through Monday morning. A couple of showers early this morning, windy with clouds breaking for sunshine and a high of 70. Clear to partly cloudy tonight, low 58. Mostly sunny and less humid tomorrow, high 67. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer.
And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. We had a little technical problem there. We're trying to work it out, but uh, I think Ken pushed a button or something this morning. <laughs> it's anyway, always my fault. <laughs> I don't know if we're streaming today or not, but we're still on air. That's what counts with me right now, Doc. So That's what you're getting paid to that's do, That's right. I'd like to hear the audio. So the U.S. said that it uh, destroyers, its destroyers shot down 14 drones that were launched in the Red Sea from Yemen. Did you know that? I heard that. I got a question about that. Yeah. Why aren't we attacking them? Because we're weenies. Why aren't we blowing some things up in Yemen? Why aren't we just going right to Iran and blowing the factories up that are making these drones? Exactly. That's probably the best solution. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Is it because the Yemenis are saying we're not shooting at you, we're shooting at Israel, we're just shooting over you? Is that why we're not attacking? I have no idea, but who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Who we're, cares? We're expending ammunition to blow these things down. So, And the Israelis are not going to have ammunition to, enough to last them forever, and the Europeans are depleting their stockpiles trying to keep the uh, Ukrainians uh, up and running. It's just a ridiculous situation, Ken. I tell you, I'm... I'm upset. I'm sure the Iranians are just laughing at us. Because and even by, I mean, Biden, this idiot. I, there's just no way if if they held the election today, he would not beat any one of the Republican candidates. Not one of them. Not even Christie. No, that fat rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Can he walk? I see him in a wheelchair all the time now. <laughs> Is, did he lose his, his legs? Yeah, or he what? hasn't lost anything, especially weight. So, <laughs> but he's gaining less each year, so that's kind of like a reduction in the inflation. Um, the inflation hadn't gone away; it's just less than it has been. It's that's right. It's compared to last year. Yeah, <laughs> it's less terrible. It's a little bit less terrible. Oh my God! Can you believe that? I mean. The guy is, I don't see how he, he must not have any, any uh, self-awareness to, to see how ridiculous he looks, but somehow he got to be governor of New Jersey as a Republican. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, you would think he'd hire a trainer or something. Yeah. Yep. A nutritionist, something. So did you hear about the, uh, the sex tape scandal from the, the Senate hearing room? I, you know, I've, I've been reading little bits about it, but I don't have the whole story. What's that about? Well, these, uh, one guy was an, an aide to, I don't know, Senator, some Democratic senator, of course. And uh, he was gay. And so he got one of his gay partners and they got a film crew in there and they made a porno film <laughs> in the actual uh, chamber, Senate chamber uh, hearing room, uh, having sex on uh, on the chairman's chair or something. I don't know. Utterly disgusting. They didn't, they didn't have permission to do that. I take it. Cause that makes it even worse. If they, you know, actually talked to somebody and said, Hey, can we film this? I mean, <laughs> come on. This is just disgusting. Well, it is. Yeah. But why That's would ridiculous. you want to? That's... Senator Ben Cardin's aide. They said that they've let him go. Ah, well, probably a wise move. Well, what's he care? They probably sold that video on the on the gay porn circles for, you know, yeah. several hundred thousand dollars, which is much more than an aide's going to make. And uh, 
Wouldn't that be illegal? I would think that would be illegal. Misuse what, of uh, government property? To make it or to sell it? To, sell, to make it. To film it there. Well, Wouldn't I'm that sure be misuse of government property or something? I, I don't know, but uh, how are you going to stop it? I mean, in the electronic age, it's it's instantaneously everywhere. Well, you grab the money back. How do you do that? Who made it? Comes Somebody got paid. Yeah, but, you know, you can remain anonymous with all that. I guess so. No. So, Whatever, Doc. The world's getting too weird for me. It's it's just out of control, really. I mean, what? Why do we uh, why do we abide this kind of behavior, Ken? Why are we putting up with this crap? Um, I, I you know I I don't have that. If I had that answer, I'd be president. I mean, you know, this is uh, diversity is a bunch of baloney. We're we're Americans. End of discussion. And uh, right, this uh, oh well, I was born gay and all that. Come on. Nobody's born anything sexually. I mean, it, it's it's so multifactorial. It comes there. There's so many things that come into play, and they cannot find any genetic proof that you are predisposed to being gay or straight. It's learned behavior primarily, and of course, the more people say it's okay, and the more the kids try it, then the more kids are going to be gay. I mean, it's just it's like dope, yep. only worse because you know sex. It's hard to it's hard to control that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can stop the flow of drugs over the border, close the border down, but you can't stop sex very easily. It's like food. It's hard to get people to if they're foodies. It's hard to get them to stop eating. Ken, it's just impossible. They're addicted. They like it, and you know they'll say, "I don't eat much," and I'll say, "Baloney, you're <laughs> a foodie. You eat a ton." And some people just don't realize that they are eating as much as they are. It's a little because, snack here, a little snack there. Well, they're used to eating thousands of calories a day, and, and uh, if, if they've been doing that since they were little, and so they think that's normal behavior. And but, I have, what, what, what works for you as a teenager in your 20s is not going to be the same in your 50s and 60s. Metabolism is changing all the time. Well, yeah, and uh, you have these mothers that are morbidly obese that have these babies and if the baby's asleep, they'll wake them up every two hours to breastfeed or to bottle feed them. It's force feeding. Whether they want it or not. Huh? Whether they want it or not, it's force feeding. And I, we were at, Zeke and I were at uh, one of the kids in the neighborhood's house years ago, and they were all morbidly obese, except for the one kid who had, uh, who had uh, um, Asperger's uh, disease or whatever. And he he was not as involved uh, and didn't respond to the emotional cues. But the father was sitting there screaming at them to eat and finish all of their food. And, I mean, it was too much food to begin with. You know, instead of one hot dog per kid, it was two. And just shaming them into eating. And uh, it really was sad. It was sad. That used to be the thing, though. Back in the 60s, clean your plate. There's children in China starving. Well, give them this, Mom, and then you, you hit and you get sent to your room. Yeah, but the thing is, Ken, back then we didn't get big portions. No, not like today, no. No. And, uh, you know, the mothers didn't want to. They, they She had multiple kids, and she didn't want to have to fix a snack for you later on. <laughs> so that's what happened there. I I, I don't know what to do about it. Uh we have to change the way society uh, lives and thinks, but I don't know that it's going to be possible without some catastrophic event. 
Speaking what of is, which, about just one question: What is the le- what, what, when you become morbidly obese? At what level? How how far over your normal weight would you be? Uh, the uh, the your your body mass index uh, below thirty is uh, non-obese. It's pre-obesity. Twenty-five to thirty is pre-obesity. Thirty to thirty-five is obese, and thirty-five to forty is very obese, and over forty is morbidly obese. But we just call everybody morbidly obese. We don't even mess around with mm-hmm. it. When we put it in the chart, we just put morbidly obese because most of the patients are over 35 BMI, body mass index. It's too bad. It's uh, fast food. You blame fast food? No, I blame people not I'm, having control. <laughs> I, bl- I blame, uh, I blame partly control, uh, partly uh, affluence and availability. And uh, partly uh, a change in society that says, "Oh, it's it's okay to be fat." No, it isn't. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's unhealthy. You don't live as long, and you have more health problems. It costs money for everybody. It costs money, and everybody has to pay because it drives up the cost of health insurance for you and me, Ken. Mm-hmm. It drives up the cost of Medicaid and uh, of all the social programs that the government's involved in that we pay for. You know, it's like I've said with HIV, people say, oh, well, you know, they're on insurance now. They can get their medications. Well, I guarantee you that their insurance is not paying the whole bill for the extremely expensive medications that uh, people with HIV are on. It's just cost prohibitive. You could not pay for it. So the government is subsidizing this. And guess who's subsidizing the government? Hello. Just us. You and me. That's right. (laughs) And, uh. It's just it's it's really too bad, and then we, we've got the same problem with drugs. And look at what's happened out in California; they're actually subsidizing drug abuse and giving you free needles in Oregon and uh, California. And uh, I think that uh, they were talking about putting in vending machines with narcotics in it, so <laughs> you wouldn't be using street drugs, so you well, didn't overdose. That- I'm like, what are you guys thinking? That's when I'm leaving. When they start putting vending machines out with drugs in them, <laughs> maybe I'll head to Canada. Hey, that's a good idea, Ken. I could have Viagra and yeah, things in the office. You could just come in and <laughs> it's, it's like a smorgasbord. Yeah, put your credit card in there, and you know, off you go. Yeah, I got a toothache. Give me some antibiotics. I'll take some of that today. So you know, yeah. Well, you can do that in, in, in a lot of Latin American countries. You can buy a lot of drugs over the counter that we can't buy here. Uh, oh, when you go on a cruise, if you go to Mexico or someplace like that, yeah, you'll see, like, huge lines waiting out in front of pharmacies right on the cruise dock. Yep, yep. So the uh, the uh, police department in, in Kent, uh, Washington State, uh, they found a phony contractor on the run for sex crimes from, I think, Idaho. He was a squatter in somebody's home. He went in to fix it, and then he just squatted there. <laughs> just stayed. They liked it so much, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he was convicted for, or accused for, uh, utilizing a ten-year-old boy for his own personal pleasure. Ah. And uh, then he ran away to the great state of Washington and was in Kent and passed himself off as a contractor. I guess the people who left town. He was going to do a little home repair for him, and instead he just moved in with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
Can you believe it? Where do people come up with these things? I just move here. I just live here. I'm just moving in. (laughs) I'm just hanging out till the police blow by. (laughs) Nuts. It's crazy. $500,000 warrant he skipped out on. Well, sure, why not? $500,000 warrant. Well. $500,000. Okay, he had... So he had to pay fifty thousand to get out. Yeah, somebody put up. 50 yeah, somebody grand. put up fifty grand for him. <laughs> the bail bondsman, and they probably are. And they're out fifty grand right now if he doesn't show for court. They probably uh, tracked him down somehow and uh, alerted the police so they didn't have to drive over there and pick a sorry ass up. <laughs> probably. Whatever happened to Dog the Bounty Hunter? Did he die? I think he may have. To tell you the truth. Not too long ago. Yeah, I think he did a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, and then speaking of sex crimes, uh, Joseph Andrew Giampa is going to be the first Floridian possibly put to death for sex crimes against children. I guess the legislature recently expanded the law, and the death sentence can be applied to to, uh, sexual offenders who abuse children. Six counts of sexual battery upon a person under 12 years old, and three counts of promoting a sexual performance by a child. Mm-hmm. So that that doesn't hurt my feelings. No, but you're taking all the fun away from the prisoners, who would love just to beat the heck out of the guy. Yeah, but I want to I want to hang the son of a gun. I, I'm all for that. I got no problem with that. It's cheaper. Let's just do that. It's cheaper. It's easier. You know. We don't need them. A few sandbags, trapdoor. Yeah. There's a real art to that, you know. Did you the know hangman. That? Oh, yeah, he was a pro, all right. Yeah, and the the noose has to be behind uh, your left occipital protuberance, which is that little bump in the back of your skull, right mm-hmm. right of your neck. So you get the knot right under there, and they have to uh, judge the weight and the distance you will fall, the weight of your body, and then if, if they don't think it's going to snap your neck, Quickly enough, they'll put sandbags on your legs to kind of help it along. <laughs> no, that's fine with me. If they want to take him out, that's good. Take him out. Yep. Doesn't hurt my feelings a bit. And, uh, you know, this is this is just why, why will you tolerate this and, and why we have allowed uh, uh, this, this kind of abuse to uh, flourish within our society is just beyond me. And I'll, I'll say one thing for the more um, – uh, rigid societies like Singapore and Iran is you do something like this, you'll go to prison or you'll be hung. And that's the end of it. One of my friends uh, who's from Iran, he said, if there was a sexual uh, child abuse uh, perpetrator, sexually abusing kids, they would hang them right in the center of a roundabout in, in, uh, in, the, in Tehran, right in the middle of the city. They'd hang him and leave him there for a few days, okay. and put a sign on him saying, "You know the, you know child abuser and pervert and all that." That'll discourage others, I would think. Yes, and I think Singapore uh, has discouraged a lot of that too. Uh, they don't have any crime to sp- or very little to speak of. Uh, it was it was a fascinating thing to see. Well, also when those countries put you in jail, they put you in jail. I mean, you're there for a while. You're not going to be there for thirty days. Or two weeks or 60 days with five years probation. You're going to be there for five years. Part of the problem in this country, I'm convinced, is that we are just 
too light on everybody who gets arrested and convicted. Well, the other thing is, though, is that people don't want to pay more taxes for jails. And I, I can't figure that out. I mean, they don't want to pay taxes for uh, mental institutions. They don't want to. Well, you got to do that. I mean, or, or at least we have to divert some of the money that we're spending on social welfare programs into uh, enlarging the prison system, Ken. You cannot allow people to walk around in society who have been convicted of felonies and have not done their time. I mean, the message is very simple. You can do what you want and get away with it. Exactly. How can, how can a society operate like that? You can't. After a while, you're flooded with people who are out of prison for the fifth time for doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and and uh, one guy told a friend of mine, uh, he was robbing a store, he said, what are you doing this for? He said, well, why not? I mean, there's no punishment. Even if I get caught, they'll just let me go. Yeah. Uh, that was, I think, in California. Some of the cops I talk to in Illinois on a regular basis will tell me that when they arrest somebody, they the guy just laughs at me. He says he, they can tell me what day and what time they will be out. It's real. It's really sad. It is. Yep. We're not getting our money's worth from the judicial system in this country right now. No, we're not. We are not getting our money's worth. And uh, I told you that there was an attorney living in the townhomes here when I first moved in. She was renting. And she was a, a, a circuit court, state circuit court uh, uh, judge. And I said, well, I hope I don't see it. She said, well, unless you kill somebody, you won't make it into my courtroom. Because <laughs> they, they they plead them out and they let them go. They, if it's, you know. Oh, yeah, the plea deals is the a favorite technique of every state's attorney's office right now. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, the, the jails would be full. And uh, when I filed a complaint against my neighbors who had uh, doctored their recall votes and pre-formatted and filled them in for people and then here said, here, sign this. It's a petition of some kind. Uh, the, uh, the co- and, I, and I filed a, a complaint and the cop came in and he said, I don't understand why there aren't more people, uh, you know, why, there, why there's not more people being uh, arrested and why there's not more punishment and, you know, they should do jail time. I said, hell, you all these old farts in, in Florida <laughs> and limited condos and townhome communities, you'd fill the jails up. You wouldn't have room for them all. <laughs> Might as well just leave them in their, uh, in their little communities and let them fight it out. But Well, as long, you know, I'm talking, uh, when you start getting down to drug use and all that kind of thing, you got to lock them up. Sorry. Yeah, but they're not. No, they're, they're not. not. They're not doing it. It's just so rampant. It's just so uh, perverse or, or, or uh, pervasive and rampant and uh, all over the place that it's it's become uh, a, an, an epidemic. Basically, it's an it's endemic now. It's uh, it's just part of the society. And why we tolerate this, I just the political will just isn't there. I mean, certainly the money is. We can redistribute the money to do this if we wanted to. Look, we we can do anything we want to, but we got to have the political will to do it. My crazy baby sister who got hooked on narcotics, she said, I don't understand why they just don't make it legal. Well, um, (laughs) because people that are on drugs do stupid things. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, but if they made it legal, then you you wouldn't have to go out and rob and and uh, take advantage of other people to get drugs. Where's the drugs? Where are they going to come from? Who's going to subsidize that? It's just another form of robbery. So we're, spo- so we're so we're supposed to make the drugs legal and give them away free. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Why not? Why don't we just do that? I I think we should Dan. little free drug stands on every corner. I'm, listen, I'm opening up one here in the community. <laughs> Be the first, Doc, in St. Pete. See how it goes over with the 75-year-old set. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's meanwhile, nuts. Meanwhile, the uh, University of Pennsylvania president, Liz McGill, that's who we were trying to remember, she got fired. I wonder what she's going to do now. She's probably got another gig already. She probably got a job at Harvard. Write a book. She's going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, probably over to Harvard. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm sure they take care of each other. So by 2018, the ratio of Democrats to Republicans was 70 to 1 among faculty who taught religion, 48 to 1 in English, 17 to 1 in philosophy, history, and psychology, and 8 to 1 in political science. Not not exactly balanced. Do you think there's a little skewing there? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Oh, wow. And 97% of, of college students, after they get there, they see themselves as liberal or very liberal, and 3% uh, identify as conservatives. Let me think, how does this work out? That's like, uh, what, 30 to 1? Approximately. <laughs> those those are not good odds. No. <laughs> I mean, I granted, I think everybody's probably a little more liberal when they're 20 than they are. Yeah. When they're forty-five, they haven't gone through the you know we we you haven't given up all your tax money yet, so you tend to change as you go along. But and, um, that's those, those numbers are just wrong. There should be much more diversity as far as political opinions on being taught in the in the classrooms. And forty-six percent of college students agree that it's sometimes appropriate to shout down or disrupt a speaker on my campus. Never. That's from the Buckley Institute. How Survey. many? What's the percentage? Forty-six uh, percent. Mm. What's wrong with these people? They can't okay. even stand to hear somebody else make a a point. Yeah. Yep. That's sad. And they think that uh, there's two classes of people: the oppressed and the oppressor. Where do you think that comes from? That's right out of the uh, Karl Marx's uh, Communist Manifesto. Sure, sounds like it, yeah. It's exact that he says that. Does he say it word for word? Yeah. yeah. He says it word for word. So basically, these kids are being taught uh, Marxist uh, values. Unbelievable. Well, I don't know how you change it. And then they hired all these administrators to uh, make sure they had the right mix and diversity and equity and inclusion guidelines, and uh, somebody come help me. Bail me out here. How do you change something like that? These are all private schools, you know, and just the donors who are the only ones who really can apply pressure. I think that uh, I think that it's going to take more than, than what you would like, which is to have things change at the polls. I really think we're going to have to have a some kind of a revolution of violent revolution, but I may be wrong. We may not get to that. 
Uh, what would not be like the last civil war. I mean, you wouldn't have the two sides in uniform, north and south. It would be scattered in pockets throughout the country, the fighting. Yeah, well, it'd be the, you know, it'd be the coastal states uh, like New York and, and uh, Connecticut and Massachusetts. Well, even in Illinois. I mean, Chicago absolutely is a Democratic stronghold. But the rest of Illinois, once you get out of the Chicago area, Chicago. It's, it's 100% Republican. Yeah. So you would have, you know, <laughs> Illinois fighting Chicago. It would be very strange. It would be. And uh, this idea that they produce so much of the wealth in the big cities. Well, you know what? There isn't anything that's done in a big city that can't be done somewhere else. I mean, maybe a few uh, centralized uh, productions like the, the stock exchange would, would take some redoing because of all the computers and that. But in this day of an age of computers, I don't see what the big deal is. People are moving their financial firms down to Miami. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're big operations, or at least they were. Or you can do a lot of it from home now. I told you that the uh, the whole health insurance industry is is changing because they're sending the employees home and they're sending the uh, the nurse uh, uh, overseers and the salespeople and all that, and they're sending them home, giving them a computer, and uh, managing which websites they can go to, and they can even monitor whether or not they're working, and give them a phone, and they can do everything that that uh, uh, an insurance agent does from an office. They can do from home. At a, a fraction of the cost of uh, renting four floors on a office building somewhere. Absolutely. I told you I went to one travel insurance company in Toronto years ago, and I went into the waiting room, and it, no lights, nobody there. Looked through the door, the little glass, didn't see any employees. I mean, it was, you know, like 10, 15,000 square feet, empty. Mm-hmm. So I called the office, and I said, I'm, I'm at this uh insurance company but there's nobody here they said oh there's somebody there we'll call them and tell them to come get you two guys came out from the uh from the uh, conference room and opened the door and let me in i said what happened everybody said united healthcare bought us out sent everybody home fired about two uh, about a third of the workforce and sent everybody else home on a computer it makes perfect financial sense yeah it's bad for commercial real estate but yes it is it's good for the bottom line of these big companies it's also bad for the businesses that, you know, the restaurants who survive on those offices that are no longer filled. So there's a lot of change coming. Because there's of that. change coming. And, and you know, cities like uh, Chicago and Los Angeles and New York, they could very easily lose a lot, a lot of, of their their uh, tax spaces if people start moving their paper businesses and financial businesses out into southern cities, into Texas and Florida. Yeah. Why not? Why not do it? I mean, I mean, it it makes no sense that you would want to shoot yourself in the foot. But uh, remember Octavio Cortez. Uh, remember when she pitched a fit because uh, Amazon wanted to put a, a big facility in New York and she didn't want it, and that was thousands of jobs they would have added and revenue to the not only jobs but tax basis and revenues mm-hmm. and everything else. Go figure. <laughs> that, Go figure. That's just too strange to talk about. You know, <laughs> how do you not want that in your community if you're a congressperson? Yeah, because you would think that you would be reelected on 
what you actually did for for your district. Exactly. You'd be fighting for that. You'd be fighting for it. <laughs> but hey, they're not. They're that, fighting not to get it. They're fighting not to have uh, uh, progress, not to have uh, increased sales, not to have increased business. W- what are they going to live on? Real estate? They're going to grow their own food and just hang out. Boy, they better tear down some buildings so they <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got many empty lots there in Manhattan. That's true. They'd have to go out further out on the island to find some open space. I don't know. The only reason we have these big cities is because of the rivers and the oceans and the water, and it was all trading, and that's where everything came in. That's where people got together. That was that was it. Well, that and as well, you had a centralization of industry. So you would have a, an area where you could set up and have a home office and you could coordinate from there much more easily. Uh, but remember, before the the telegraph was invented, the coordination was by horse. You yes. had to ride a horse somewhere to tell somebody to, you know, get your products to market because the ship's leaving in a week. Yeah. And and then after the telegraph came in, it was instantaneous. You know, you could you could send once they laid transatlantic cable, you could actually send orders. Uh, in the 1870s, 1880s, whenever they got that transatlantic cable laid, you could send an instantaneous order over to London and order something, and or they could send something back, and you could start doing money transfers by wire. Yeah, we don't need the big cities like we used to. I think we probably, as a country, needed them for a while. Yep, but and not anymore. Not anymore. But if you if you ever saw a picture of the uh, of the telegraph offices, the the central hubs, I mean. Hundreds of, of people, mostly women, and some men were in there uh, sending and receiving messages. Yeah. And uh, that was moving at almost the speed of light. So, And the telephone after that followed the same general uh, engineering, let's say. Until we got into the digital age. Exactly. And then, yeah. then you didn't need them. You don't need all those switchboard <laughs> operators anymore. You don't need all that. I don't think and I've actually talked to an operator in 20 years. Yeah, and if you if and now you don't need any of that because you don't even need a phone. You you can just go online. Exactly. So cities are obsolete. Not, and your cell phone's not really an old time phone. It's a computer. It's a computer. It costs like twelve hundred bucks. Some of these things. It's not a phone. Um, so yeah, we don't need cities anymore. Let's outlaw cities. Let, we've got neutron bombs. Why don't we use them? What is the, the neutron bomb that what blows up the building but leaves the people standing or something like that with them? No, it it uh, it kills all the carbon-based life form but oh, leaves the buildings. It standing. Keep, oh, I see. It kills the people, leaves the buildings. All right. Yeah, now you you can if you shoot a neutron beam long enough and uh, concentrated enough at concrete, it'll it'll burn a hole in it. But mm-hmm. basically, they're they're meant to not take down all the structures so then you can go back in and steal people's canned goods and whatever it's like the neutron dance remember that song neutron <laughs> dance kills the dancers but leaves their shoes on the floor yeah which is a good thing <laughs> that's a joke well, i did about 45 years ago i think I did. we've got a shortage of shoes in the homeless shelters ken <laughs> so let's collect them off the dance floor and Redistribute. It's redistributing. That's right. Redistributing the shoe wealth. And uh, you you know the Bombas sock advertisements? Have you seen those on TV? What kind of sock? 
Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S. Don't think I've seen those. Tell me about them. Well, they're supposed to be some high-tech socks that uh, everybody loves and needs to wear. And their big claim to fame, their big selling point is that for every pair they sell, they donate a pair to homeless shelters. Oh, and that's and they've donated millions of, of, of socks to the homeless. Hmm. That's good. Let's just feed them, clothe them, house them. Hell, we might as well just give them, a, you know, a sauna and a and a shower. And um, damn, and don't forget the, and don't forget the free drugs. So and the free drugs and what. Once they throw in uh, Heineken's, I'm going, buddy. <laughs> Once the Heineken's is part of the deal, I'm in. That's too heavy for me. They'd have to be, they'd have to be some Miller Lite or something. <laughs> we got three minutes and twenty four seconds, Doc. What else we got to talk about today? Anything going on new with Ukraine? Nothing I've heard lately. Well, the Ukrainians uh, have, uh, of course, won the the sea battle. I think they pretty much have opened up their shipping lanes. And uh, they're still waiting for Congress to quit fighting. I see where the Senate was staying late over the weekend. I don't know if they hammered out anything. Because I think they did pass that. They did? Okay. I so think they so. Got, does it go back to the House, or was it pretty much what the House wanted? I don't know if they changed it. So if, if they did, it has to go back to the House. So I don't know exactly where we stand. But I think they did take a vote over the weekend in the Senate. My, 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 my. And that that is uh, a great thing for for the Republicans, and I think it'll be a great thing for Israel and for uh, Ukraine if if this idiot Biden would get off his butt. But they say he's all upset about his son. Well, I, I don't think he's all that upset about his son. I think he's afraid it's going to end up in his lap. You know, I think he's sleeping in a rocking chair most of the day. But that's yeah, I think that's so. just me. <laughs> And now the big new thing is uh, recapturing carbon from carbon dioxide. So now there's some new technology out uh, using uh, solar energy and uh, uh, splitting the the carbon dioxide back into oxygen and carbon and recycling the uh, carbon or, or burying it or whatever. I mean, you could re- actually you could recycle it and burn it again. You know, you know what I mean. Well, that sounds like it'd be efficient. Yeah, and, and because that's all coal is. Coal is 99% carbon. And, uh, well, I don't know about 99%, but, you know, it's mostly carbon. And so that's what you burn in, in, in nuclear plants. I mean, in uh, conventional plants, you also burn uh, gasoline or natural gas uh, and uh, diesel, and you can burn all kinds of things, and they're just hydrocarbons. That's all they are. Totally. And it makes sense we could be. Burn it again. Yeah, why not? Keep it going. <laughs> one but minute, Doc. One minute left. You want to talk about the office at all? I don't think we've talked about the office at all today. No, we haven't. Well, we do have a full full practice, uh, but we do have room for a few more. So you're welcome to come and join us. And uh, as we have said before, we do have uh, a couple of plans that are Medicare Advantage. That, that would be the Medicare uh, plan, the C plan. And that's what Ken's going to get. Looks like it, yeah. And it, I think it was uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. You said was was that is one. yeah. You're in Blue Cross uh, Florida Blue. Okay. And uh, what was the other one? There was another one. Um, well Med. Well Med, which, which is now something it, Optimum or something now. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they sold. Uh, I think United yeah. sold it to Optum, Optimum or 
minimum so, rule here. Yeah. Anyway, you can call Beth at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411, and, and you can get the scoop from her. All right, Doc, we're, we're pretty much done here, buddy. Say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.